Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Titans beat the Rams yesterday on Sunday Night Football last night. And the Broncos handled the Cowboys. Dak Prescott after the Cowboys lost. Yeah, I think everybody just has to be accountable for, for what just happened. You win as a team and you lose as a team. And I think uh, the leader starts with the leaders. Uh, we're not looking and asking the coaches to, to do something different. Um, we've got to be more physical. We've got to uh, take accountability in this loss and make sure that we come in Wednesday or come in tomorrow, excuse me, and make sure that we move, we move forward from this, learn from it, and then come in Wednesday and have a great day of practice and make sure that this, uh, this is something that we learn from and, and uh, this feeling sucks and make sure that we, we don't feel this again. Guys, which which mm-hmm. loss surprised you more? The the Rams loss or the Cowboys loss? Rams well, to the Broncos, Cowboys the to Cow- Cowboys, Cowboys loss. Surprised you more? Yeah, cuz they were getting they were getting handled pretty good for was, most part of the Cowboys game. Most it was 30 to game. nothing at one point. I said Rams yeah. to the Broncos, Cowboys lost to the Broncos, right, of course. Yeah, Cow- Cowboys loss was little interesting. It was almost like they cut a small hole in the bottom. And, you know, it'll get bigger or it'll close as the season continues to go on. The Broncos? No, I'm saying the Broncos cut a small hole in the bottom of the Cowboys and either they're going to close it or they're going to let it expand. You You didn't anticipate, based on what Denver did over the last week, getting rid of players, moving on from top guys like Von Miller, you just felt like they've kind of, packed it in a little bit, and I think that's the way the Cowboys kind of approached it as, oh, they're, they're not really out here to play, and then all of a sudden you look up and it was 30 to nothing. Sort of like the Bills and the Jags. You fall into that sleepwalk and you get caught standing there and not having an answer for the punches that they're throwing, and that's what happened with the Cowboys and the Broncos as well as the Bills and the Jags. And if you ask me if they run it back tomorrow – can the Cowboys beat them? I would bet my money on the Cowboys if they ran it's it back tomorrow. Bizarre to me, Jay, is if if the Cowboys would have been at Denver, I'd have been like, all right, that can happen at Denver. It's a tough place to play, thinner air and this and that. And Denver got them at, at, at Cowboys. But Jerry's yeah. world is not a home field advantage. Right, because there anyway. are a lot of oh, – there's always a lot – it's not the same kind of crowd home field advantage. I still would rather play them if I'm the Cowboys at Dallas than at Denver. Agree. I, look, coming off a of bye week, Dak, right, everything that he had to go through – if you look at their last couple of games, I mean, I think they would surrender like 28 points to Carolina, 29 points to New England. So that defense is still a work in progress, right? I mean, the defense has gotten better than what it was last year because it was historically bad last year. But I guess the loss was shocking to me, but it's still one of those things that with the Cowboys, you're like, all right, I still feel like I know who the Cowboys are. I don't think that's who – I don't think they're that bad as what they showed yesterday. You know, you know what's, what I'm wondering about, Key, from your point of view? I mean, Parsons was great two, two games ago. Trayvon uh, Diggs, well, like, they kept targeting him, and he kept coming away with the ball, right? And I was thinking at a certain point, when his value goes through the roof, is when they just stop, tar- they stop target. They, like, they, he really shuts down a guy because they don't throw it his way anymore. But they've continued to throw it his way, and they've burned him a couple times recently. Well, no, no, look, man. When you're looking at the defensive backs, there's only there was only two, maybe three guys in the history of the league since I've been watching where people make a decision not to throw it. Dion and, and who else? Revis? No, they throw at Revis. De- Dion they throw and at who Revis. else? It, it would be like a 
a Dion, a Champ Bailey. Yeah, Bailey for a minute. And, and, you know, and there's like maybe one other guy that they would decide not to throw at. But for the most part, the corners, the, the, the receivers, they're going to throw at them and make them prove a point. And when you talk about Trayvon Diggs, Mike Zimmer said it a week ago, we're not getting ready to put this dude into the Hall of Fame based on what y'all talking about because we don't see it that way. And I think a lot of coaches and Denver Broncos and their receivers are really good, and they didn't see it that way. They saw him as a good young prospect who's coming up over time, but then certainly not going to all of a sudden decide to say, well, he's going to have half the field and we're not going to his side. Sometimes they say, where is seven? Because what we see is the highlights. They're watching and breaking down the technique, and they're saying to themselves, we're going to throw at him. Um. I like I, I agree with you. I think probably Denver beating the Cowboys because at any one is is a bigger surprise because at any one point to me in the NFL and key I know it's not exactly this number because like your real ranking sometimes you have seventeen sometimes five something it's a different I'm number put forty this on, week right like it's at college in there. there's no arbitrary number but let's just say for argument's sake at any given time any given week in the NFL there are four or five ish good teams yeah Cowboys are one good of them teams mm-hmm. and there are four or five ish Bad teams. Cowboys and the rest are, one are in the of middle them. somewhere. But the Cowboys do look like one of the good teams. They are. They are. They are. The they Rams are. are one of the good ones. The Packers, yeah. the Broncos, I mean, the uh, Buccaneers. Uh, but are, the Titans the good ones. nowadays, maybe they're in the middle, but in the last three or four weeks, they've looked like one of the good ones. The Broncos just look like a kind of middle pack team. Yeah, the Broncos are a middle pack team. They're just at the, actually, for me, they're at the bottom of the pack. Bottom know? of the middle. Bottom of the middle. Yeah, yeah, Bottom yeah, of the middle yeah. of the pack. The, the Cowboys are a good team. The problem with them is it's so expectations are so high that the moment that something goes left, I can only imagine what Michael Irvin and Stephen A going to be doing on first take today. <laughs> I can only imagine. This is right up Stephen A's alley. He got an opportunity now to just mm-hmm. go and punch Michael really good because the Cowboys lost at home against a team that we all assume was given up on the season based on moving on from Ingram to linebacker and Von Miller. Can we, be, can we be real about it, though? Dak, Dak wasn't good at all yesterday, nope, though. he wasn't. He was bad. And I, I'm not going to sit up here and say he was rusty or, you know, obviously there are things that happened, but, I mean, he got a lot of pressure on him. He didn't play to the level that we know Dak to play, which was in the MVP conversation. But, Jay, I'm glad you said that. Everyone's like, well, no excuses. You can't use an excuse, and that's true. Yesterday. But happens. the bottom line is it's, it's out of the ordinary when a guy misses two or three weeks or doesn't play for two or three weeks, comes off an injury and plays well. But I think everyone's like, well, you can't use that as an excuse, but can you use it key as an explanation? Two or three weeks you don't play, and then all of a sudden you're coming off an injury and you may not play, and you're, you're facing a Fangio defense and everything. You may yeah. not play well. Yeah, you might not. It, it, losing t- timing in practice is different than timing in the game because everything is, is sped up. So the speed is different. Mm. You see things different. Some of the things that you may – have seen in practice that you thought that that's what the defense was going to do and you hit it in practice because it was easy. You're going up against air or you're going up against defensive players that's, that's going 65% where they're going 100% in games. So things are just faster. Windows are closing faster. Where in practice, your windows stay open forever. You back there all day long, just mm-hmm. really, you know, nobody's hitting you. There's no rush. No fear factor, Not, really. Nothing. It's yeah. a totally different situation in games. But I'm not worried about the Cowboys. I am not worried about the Cowboys well, on the, one bit. The Rams on the and other And I'm not hand, worried about the Rams either. I'll say, I'll say this. The Rams did get manhandled up front. And, and, and Stafford and that offense, when they're 
clicking. Yeah. It's like everything's coming out smooth and easy, just going, going, going. And they got, I don't know, for lack of a better word, disrupted. You know, but the Titans defense, that was that was that was the softest defense in the league beginning of the season. Yeah. I I, I just want to go back to the Cowboys for a second. I, I don't have any concerns for them as it relates to their offense. I, I, the defense is interesting, right? Because I think we've gone to extremes pretty quickly. We went from last year being historically one of the worst defenses in the league to this year, look how much their defense has improved, which it came out of the gate hot. I think we're starting to find that middle ground because their secondary got carved up, man. Melvin Gordon, Devontae Williams, like they, Teddy Bridgewater is able to carve up that secondary, and that's going to be something to pay attention to from the Cowboys, how that secondary, can they still get that same pass rusher attack Somebody had to pay attention to for them in order for them to continue to hit their ceiling. I still think they got a, a decent defense. I'm, I'm not worried about the points that okay. they surrender. Um, you know, they're sitting at sitting at a pretty good clip right now. This this game against the Broncos is just it's just one of those games. No, no what else? We games. were talking about quarterbacks earlier. So you have one bucket of quarterbacks, Dak and Stafford, and you're like, oh, those guys talented, talented. Then you have another bucket of quarterbacks. Um, Tannehill and Bridgewater. Okay, in one degree to one degree or another, they can game manage and help your team. Bridgewater looked good, and Bridgewater needs to look good right now because I kept mm. mentioning it. He's coming off a bad season in Carolina, no McCaffrey, right? But he's one of these guys who, in a parallel universe, he's some franchise quarterback somewhere. The way this universe worked out, he got hurt, he lost his job, he kicked around for a while. And then, guys, when the Broncos were losing, it looked bad for Bridgewater. Like, oh, well, he, he may not. Like, they go for Aaron Rodgers, whatever. He may just be kind of a backup quarterback. But the way he's playing now, Key, for a team that's now above 500, looks pretty good for him. Well, yeah, they had as a team a couple games stretch right there where they just did not look like a, an NFL football team. They kind of looked like, oh, God, Vic Fangio going to get fired at the end of the year. But they turned it around. Yeah. I mean, that's what they did. One quarterback might have a classic case of addition by subtraction. That's next on Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, ESPN2. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit... Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. 
Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Keyshawn, Jay, Will and Max, ESPN Radio, ESPN app, ESPN2. Well, hey, yo! Dan, Dan Orlovsky, he's a big star now. He even carries himself that way, the way he comes up. Discreet. What's up? He kind of like carries himself. A year ago, Dan came in happy to be here kind of guy, and he's working hard. Now he's, he's a big star now. He comes in, what's going on? Oh, what's going truthfully, on? I just got out of the bathroom. So. Jeez. Yeah. Did you wash, wash your hands? hands? I did. I just you, took your... You, you okay. can feel them. There's, right. still, yeah, there's still moisture on them. Okay. And I lotion. Lies, too. lies, lies, and more lies. Feel me? <laughs> By the way, I just want you to know, every time I right. hear Dan, Dan's like always jovial. When Dan comes to this show, the energy, it, it comes like um, it comes a up. teammate energy. Yeah. So like yeah. he sees Key. Yeah, yeah. He looks Key up and down. He's like, oh, Key's Well, there's a reason he's a, he's, he carries himself like a star now because he's a big star. He breaks down the nah. video and everyone goes crazy. I just consider you guys to be my boys. Oh, there That's you what go. boys do, baby. Yeah. Um, so oh, Dan Orlovsky, ESPN football analyst. He's giving you the straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. What game did you call this weekend? Oklahoma State at West Virginia. Yeah, I didn't watch Go that. Pokes. Oklahoma State's defense is legit. Go Pokes. I, I, didn't, I, saw, the, I saw the score. You didn't miss like, much, man. Yeah, that's, was why, just, <laughs> that's why I didn't turn it on. I was like, yeah. Tough game. Yeah, let's Tough. get right, right into that Oklahoma State defense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're going to spend the rest of the segment talking about it. Dan, how surprised uh, were you about the Browns? Or let me, let me rephrase that. What did you think about the Browns' performance, obviously without Odell? Yeah, um... This was the Browns team that I expected to see all offseason. Far and away, the quarterback's best game. Far and away, the coach's best game. It's also the number one question that had to get answered this week by this football team. Are we better without Odell Beckham? All right, so I've been on that for about two years. I think they're a better football team without Odell. That is not saying Odell is a bad player, okay? I think the, the head coach, we, in football, we live in a world where one of the best sayings is players over plays. I get that. That's not why you hired Kevin Stefanski. That's just not how Kevin Stefanski has learned to run plays and call plays under Gary Kubiak and Mike Shanahan and all those. That offense has always been about plays over players. Absolutely. And that, that's not a knock on Odell, no, right? No, it's no, just no. – and you oh, can watch right. it. I'm actually going to do a touch screen today on Get Up of the perfect example of how it is about the play over the player. And the quarterback had to come out and play his best game yeah. of the year. He unequivocally did. And I, I think you just saw the example of 
this football team offensively is best run when it has Joes over pros. I'm now. No, no, no. You, you're right. I don't want to no, knock the talent that no, they have, no, no, but they just you're, want you're right. good players rather than star players. O- 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 Odell Beckham does not. Okay, so when you go back and you you were still in diapers as well as Jay and Max was running around trying to get a job. If you go back to the Denver Broncos and Shanahan, he didn't have star players. Right. He just had players, and this is the same system that you carry all the way through Cleveland. They had players that they turned into stars exactly. based on the system the phrase, that Gabe. they that they run. And o, OBJ, much like Dan said, it's not a, it's not really about OBJ. OBJ is like a me. You fit him. You go to a team that a guy says, "That's my dude. I'm putting the ball in his hands, no matter what." That's the type He's of exactly coordinator. Right. That's the type of coordinator OBJ but, needs. But Dan, can I tell you my gripe? Yeah. Why? Why? Why do we talk about Baker as if he's shining when my man only completed fourteen ah, damn passes? I'm the I'm the wrong cat to come at with that. I'm, I'm asking you. Okay. But it was the fourteen of the right passes. I understand, but we, oh, we you're the we right don't, cat. Why don't Let's we talk why. about Nick okay. Chubb and this being Nick Chubb's team? Because a guy who missed two games and he's third in the league in rushing yards. Yeah. Like, so like he is the main component but, of what makes this whole thing. But what work. have I What have I said all year long? No, Jay and Dan, jump in here. Is this is the guy who could take a team to a Super Bowl when you go fourteen or twenty one? 215 yards, don't turn the ball over, get a touchdown here, run the football and play solid defense. The same thing Case Keenum did two weeks ago. Okay. If you do that, you can win a lot of games. Come with me, Dan, because yeah. I'm here to learn. Because he's 14 to 21, and I knew people were going to say that today. Four of them, they're throwaways. No one's, yep. no one's open, so that's the right thing to do. Right okay. thing. Throw All the right. football away. So if you take those four throwaways and you go, okay, with se- what? of 17, basically. R- right. Yeah. With what was given to you, how did you operate? You're 14 of 17. The three incompletions, there's one miss. He misses Jarvis Landry late in the game on kind of a double move mm-hmm. post wrap. Other than that, there's one on a naked bootleg to his left where Peoples Jones has got to come back and he's thrown it to the only spot where he can go get it, and then a goal line fade to Njoku. So, because the the conversation about Baker today, no one was questioning could Nick Chubb play well without OBJ. You know, the question was what's Baker going to be without Odell Beckham? And if Baker had gone out and had just a pedestrian day, then it's a different conversation. But when you go, all right, we called 17 pass plays where cats got open, essentially, or guys got open. He goes 14 to 17. And I'm, the, the, the touch screen that I'm going to do is the Anthony Schwartz, the in route. That is the perfect example because they run the same play versus the same defense with the same formation mm. with Odell. I think week three or week four against Minnesota, he doesn't get to Schwartz. Mm. He just hangs on Odell. And, again, this is not Odell can't play thing. This is Baker just plays so much clearer because he's not looking for people. He's The reality is this, Jay. When I call a play as an offensive coordinator, my job is to just call a play, and people go, well, put him at number one. Well, number one's going to change depending on what the defense is. Number one versus cover – you know, man coverage could be this guy. Could be cover two. It could be this guy. Cover three. It could be this guy. Number one is fluid when you're talking about. And football. If you don't have chemistry, that's not going to help. Correct. So, so let's move on from the Browns. I think like, <laughs> Baker knows how to run that offense. You went obviously. all beautiful mind on me. That was well Sorry. done. Now we're going to be like all it. watching. Where does Odell go? And do they start playing with? Where does Odell go? Yeah. Is he winning? Is Baker winning? We're going to be doing that. See, for I think a while. Odell should go to New England. I think that's what I would. He do. can go to a lot of places. Yeah. How confident are you at this moment, based on what you saw yesterday, that Jordan Love can eventually take over for Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay? Yeah, I would feel pretty encouraged if I was the Green Bay Packers uh, by Jordan Love yesterday. So the, the roughest part of the game for him was really the first two series. It had been 
a thousand days or something since he had played football in a competitive environment that actually mattered. And it's at Arrowhead. I don't know. We've you've been to Arrowhead. Oh, I mean, I it's a brutal yeah. place to go yeah. play. So the first couple series are a little bit of a wash to me. I actually thought that he played really good football. Matt Lafleur had, I think, had one goal: get the game to the fourth quarter. Okay, don't lose the game, young kid. Get the game to the fourth quarter. See if we can make some plays. Green Bay loses that game not because of the play of Jordan Love. Green Bay loses that game because of missed opportunities. Two field goals that don't go in, one blocked, one missed, the muffed punt. Mm. So I feel relatively good if I'm Green Bay, specifically how the young man played on the road in the fourth quarter. You know, the touchdown pass to Lazard is brilliant coaching. It's also good execution. He makes some good throws. The, the, the number one thing that you take away from his performance that's not good was just misconnection with Devontae. You know, the, the back shoulder throws to Devontae that Aaron has perfected over the course of a decade, he didn't have because he had, you know, a couple practices with them. But I, you feel pretty good about and Jordan Aaron also Love. Was See, like I the think, greatest thing anyone's ever I think seen. Right? I, uh, yes. I look at the way that they played him, I don't think they gave him, Matt LaFleur didn't give him enough help as a coordinator. Yeah, I don't Calling disagree. Calling plays yeah. because they heated him up pretty good. Yeah. And Matt LaFleur was not ready for that. You, yeah. could, you could tell this. he got put on this autobahn. It was like, oh, my God, this thing is really coming at me fast. Yeah. What to do? And that's part of it is layoff. Two and a half years of not playing football. Yeah. And then last time you really played real football, you were playing like against UNLV well, or something. And, and yeah. you talk about yeah. like getting heated up. Well, one of the ways that Green Bay has success is they throw the, sh- the fade to Devontae. Because the quarterback and the receiver make it right. I don't know if there was enough answers out there, mm. easy answers out there for the quarterback. Chief, the Chiefs didn't win, you know, going away, right? It wasn't overwhelming at all. But what, like, is this what we're going to see from them the rest of the way and we're just going to accept it and they're going to yeah. win the division and go to the playoffs and that's what it's going to be? I don't be. know if they're going to win the division. I think the Well, AFC, everybody right now is deadlocking the division. Yeah, I think the AFC key is a whole. I, I can't tell you who's really good. I can tell you there's four teams who aren't. There's four teams in the AFC who are not good. Let's start with the Jets. No, you know, but, and there's 12 teams and that I think, man, any of them could win it type of thing. I still ride with Buffalo as the best team in the conference. With Kansas City, this is where their offense even with is. That, even with the way they played yesterday in Jacksonville? Because well, I was going to ask you about this because yeah. I'm on Buffalo too. It seems like, man, when they're in the red zone, they shrink. For some, I don't know why they don't no, execute I mean, their as well offensive the line injuries, I think, showed up yesterday. You know, mm-hmm. Jacksonville heated them up and, and just got after the offensive line, but the injuries for Buffalo were a big part of that. They didn't even try to run the football because of it. So that's, that's kind of a, um, you know, the telling story. I know that's not the sexy thing, but I, I'm, I'm not bailing on them because of those I, injuries. You I, know? Want to, I want to move this along so we get to the Cowboys. By the way, Packers, I'd be encouraged by the defense right now. Yeah, like, going to get good. Aaron Rodgers back that defense. How big a deal is the Cowboys' loss? Um, it's not a huge deal. Mama said there'd be days like this type of thing. Yeah. You know, they didn't play well. That okay. being said, I do think there's some cracks in the defense. Um, got a tape for get up. Number one, this is the third or fourth week in a row where teams have taken advantage of Trayvon Diggs' eyes. Okay? And what happens, so there's a Mike butterf- Zimmer said it first. There's a butterfly effect, okay? So when the Slow cow- down there, Max. I, I, I'm, I'm just saying, this is a question I've had about Diggs all year. It's so like, the, he's the, coming away with the ball, but... Two things. So yeah. the Cowboys cut their teeth really good on defense this year playing man coverage. Right. I remember having a conversation with Ryan Clark seven weeks ago, and we were talking about Diggs, and he said, man... He's great, but his eyes are yeah, bad. He'd be he, a guy you don't, too much. He'd be a guy you don't you, like. You'd hate as a coach because he's making plays and his eyes are in the wrong spot. Yeah. So what happens is when you choose to play man and the quarterback gets, or the corner gets double moved for big <clears throat> plays, um, New England, Minnesota, and yesterday. Well, we can't play man right now, guys. We got to play zone. Cowboys are not 
zone playing zone, zone coverage yeah. right now. They cut their teeth playing man. So I think that's the first crack is how do they figure that out? And the second thing is this. When Denver yesterday put two tight ends on the field, right, 12 personnel, the Cowboys matched and played small personnel. They played with five defensive backs. That's so how went, you go. They went dime. That's how you got. Well, yes. That's how. Yeah. Well, sometimes they went dime. More nickel. They nickel, put, yeah. So when you got two defensive backs. So fundamentally, Jay Will, I got two tight ends at the line of scrimmage mm-hmm. that are good blockers. I really got seven offensive linemen, right? And then what happens is I put two secondary guys in the box. I got big people. You got little people. That's how you get the ball run for almost 200 yards mm-hmm. on you. So the Cowboys, I mean, again, copycat mm-hmm. league. Teams are going to look at that and go, wait. If they're going to play man, we're going to take our shots. And if we're going to put tight ends on the field, then they're going to play with secondary guys, little people. We're just going to pound a pill against them yeah. mm. and make those guys play a physical brand of football. And, again, because of the cracks that, that, that you just start to show some stuff that teams can attack you with that you got to kind of foreshadow some answers for. Dan, are we ever going to get a quarterback from USC that can play in the NFL? Because what are we going to do with Sam now, Darnold? You had to you had to break my heart. Like what? What are we gonna do, dude? I've had Sam's probably back, Sam's back more than anybody in the history. Yeah, there you go. Look, um, oh, I've had Sam's key. back more than anybody, and I honestly thought that he would play. I didn't think he'd play lights out football, incredible ball, but in Carolina. better, better. And then and he it, started off good. Exactly, ten touchdowns, three interceptions to start the season, and then McCaffrey. The past three or four weeks, man, it's just been so bad, and. Um, the decision-making, the carelessness right. with the football, especially when you've got a great defense. I can't, I can't continuously have Sam's back when Sam's play on the field can't justify it anymore. So and I can't Jets blame the coaching. Right to, whether or not Chris they got McCaffrey's it right with Zach Wilson. Now. I can't blame the coaching. I Stay with him. Don't give up on him. Much like Carson Wentz, it'll turn. You Damn. see Carson Wentz, though. Yeah, but Carson, Wentz, <laughs> Carson Wentz had achieved the high level at some point in the yeah. NFL. Brad, uh, Darnold and had I, not and, done and that. Matt, I, can't blame, I can't blame Adam Gase because I watch Ryan uh, Tannehill. Yeah. So, so, okay, so you know, whether or not the Jets guessed right on Zach Wilson. Yeah. Did they do the right thing for yeah. moving on from Sam Darnold? I, I think I think after ten you know ten games in yeah. two months this season, wow. the Jets made the right decision, and I was wrong on Sam Darnold. No. I, I'm I'm hoping he can fix it. For more of I'm this excellent NFL analysis, you can follow mm-hmm. Dan Orlovsky wherever he's all over the network all day. Wait, when's the next thing for you? Are you going to write to get up right, right now? Right to get up. Then right the to first get up. Take. NFL Live, Check out get up on get live, up. You can man. see him do the whole thing with the screen and breaking down plays. I, gotta I get love that it. Keyshawn page. Right. Yeah, I have the re-air on in my office <laughs> while go, I'm getting man. ready for the afternoon show. That's ESPN football analyst Dan Orlovsky. Thank you, Dan. Get up at 8 a.m. Eastern on ESPN. We're going to get some key observations, including a front runner for MVP that you need to hear about. Oh, key observations time here on Keyshawn J. Will and Max. We're asking you on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed at Key J and Max who the front runner for MVP is. Or give us a call at 888-729-3776. 888-SAY-ESPN. So, all right, Key Observations time. Take it away, Key. Number one. Well, I guess it would be number one would be Lamar Jackson is back at the top of the MVP race. I mean, you got to clearly have him at number one. I know Tom Brady's hovering around there. Aaron Rodgers had some steam after beating the Arizona Cardinals. Kyler Murray had some steam, but then he wind up losing to Green Bay, so it took away a little bit. Josh Allen's been bouncing around, but that's not enough. But right now, it's Lamar Jackson. This dude is Mr. Do-Everything. He took the game into his own hands. Look, man, 
What, what is there to not like in this situation? I'm so sick and tired of people trying to find excuses as to why he shouldn't be the MVP opposed to why he should be. Number two. Maybe when you look at it, maybe the Buffalo Bills really aren't as good as we think they are. You know, when you go to Jacksonville and you walk into that stadium and you give Urban Meyer a win for the ages, he couldn't believe it himself at the end of the game. He was like, oh, don't talk to me. (laughs) Josh Allen didn't play his best football yesterday. They can't run the football the way that they need to. They struggle in the red zone scoring points. The offensive line is banged up. Do I think they're still a legitimate playoff contender? Yes, but there's other teams like the Ravens, potentially the Cleveland Browns, and hell, maybe even Kansas City Chiefs that we see push later on into the playoffs. Number three. Well, the Saints come a marching in. They need to pick up the phone and call Cam Newton. Give him an March opportunity. Over to Cam's house. Yeah, give him an opportunity to try and help you out. And when you look at this football team, Sean Payton, please don't waste the season. You got a hell of a guy that I think could help you play football. And I understand you believe in Trevor Simeon. I understand you have Hill on the sideline. But there's a dynamic weapon that's sitting home right now. The sooner you sign him, the better off you'll be. Number four. Number four, the AFC West. The beginning of the season, we thought that the Denver Broncos, Kansas City Chiefs, the Los Angeles Chargers, as well as the Oakland Raiders was probably outside of the NFC West was the most dominant division in all of football. Well, not right now. They're all barely at 500. All of them have five wins. It's just so ugly. Yesterday, the Raiders give the Giants a victory. They didn't play nearly as well as they should. The Chargers barely got out of Philadelphia against the Eagles. The Denver Broncos took care of business against the sleepwalking Dallas Cowboys. But if I had to bet the Cowboys played them a second time, they'll take care of business against them. And then when you look at it, you say to yourself, okay, the Kansas City Chiefs are supposed to be the Super Bowl team that won eight Super Bowls in two weeks. Doesn't look like that that's going to be the case at all, Max. Vegas, this division Vegas Raiders, has to of course. Get Better. What Vegas, did I say, Oakland? Uh, I'm still calling them the San why Diego Chargers. Why do I Chargers. keep calling them yeah, Oakland? Uh, why? Of course why. Gosh, it's yeah. embedded in my brain. Yeah. Number five. All right, all right, Gambino, Gambono, my buddy out at the desert. The Cardinals win again without Kyler Murray. I said it. Yes, the Cards take care of business. No DeAndre Hopkins, No better yet, no A.J. Green in this particular game. And no Kyler Murray, but they went on and opened up a can against the San Francisco 49ers in the great play calling in brain of Kyle Shanahan, Super Bowl winning quarterback or head coach Kyle Shanahan. That would be not. They took care of business. What can I say? The Cardinals are for real team in the National Football League. That's what's nuts. You no, know what no they make? Hey, can I just- they were not in my ranking last week. Hell, they might be number one this week or minus zero this week. I remember I wrote it down because Key said Jimmy G will find himself against the bad defense of the Cardinals. I thought so, too. And I was like, well, the Cardinals defense isn't bad. It's one of the top defenses in the league, by but the I way. But I thought Jimmy G would win that game, especially Kyler's banged up, DeAndre Hot. I just, yeah. I just feel like that should have been number one. You know one. what else I wrote I down, too, Jay? That hey, should have been number five. You want to know what that I wrote down? That should have been number one for Wait, King you know because the Red Sea needs some respect on their name, Keyshawn. From you, Uncle Keyshawn. I wrote, I wrote you need to right give Gambino a call I wrote it and down. put respect on their name. I wrote it down. Write, write it down. I wrote it down. Jay Will always takes notes. Yes. That's what I wrote down. Yes, I take notes. I this is good. I, I got to say that. The, the fact that Arizona won without Kyler Murray or DeAndre Hopkins. What a huge win. And I know it's a commentary on the Niners, too, but, like, at a certain point, you got to look at their team and say, 
that's just a good football team. Not a good football team. Yeah, there's no you. They're a good football team. There's nothing you can. And say then about you it. add a dynamic pa- a, a player like Kyler Murray and a guy with hands like DeAndre. I can't Hopkins. believe it. Colt McCoy won, though, man. Yeah, I just can't. I it's like, yeah, come yeah, on, man. Yeah, you still what don't does that say it. about the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan, a guy that, look, Kyle Shanahan is a coach that everybody around the league likes. They think he's a good play caller, good innovator of schemes, and they want to tell you everybody's running his offense. Well, why don't he call those people that's running his offense and find out if he can learn some lessons from them? Because outside of that Super Bowl year, you wouldn't want him as a head coach. You can't, you can't possibly tell me you would. I'm also thinking about the quarterback position in San Francisco. Guys, when they drafted Trey Lance, it occurred to me at the time, like I think maybe internally the Niners thought they were a little farther away than other people thought, right? You mean closer. No, no. I thought the Niners thought we're a little farther at this moment from a Super Bowl mm. than outsiders think we are. They, outsiders think we're a little – because if not, you don't draft a guy who's going to take a couple years to develop at quarterback. With a draft pick that high, if you think you're knocking on the door, you pick someone who's going to put you over the top. Well, they thought that if they took him and brought him up to speed, that he would challenge Jimmy G and he would – Get them over the top, but this year a rookie quarterback. Yeah, they felt like they felt like he was the guy that that were going to implement Whoa. him into the lineup, and he was going to give him that jolt. Whoa. But here's what I would say to that: It's almost like what Chicago has done with Justin Fields. It's time to get him ready now. Yeah, now at this now, point, now yes. it's time to yeah. kind of get him ready. Yeah, Jimmy G was the was the answer when you thought, "Hey, we might make a run here this year," and you want to develop the young guy. But if you're out of it, come on, man, what are you doing? At this point, you got to get him some reps. About it, hey, man, all I can do is say, go look at what John Harbaugh did or Jim Har John did in Baltimore when he replaced Flacco with Lamar Jackson, and the rest was history. Go on and give it to him. Lamar was what, 21? And and Jimmy Garoppolo played okay, but it's time to move on. Key observations brought to you by Geico. Whether you rent or own, Geico makes it easy to bundle home and car insurance. Go to geico.com today. We're asking you on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed, at Key, J, and Max, who the front runner is for MVP in the NFL. King tweets in, says, Lamar Jackson is the most valuable, hands down. I got Lamar by a hair over Tom Brady right now, but I think it's very close. But I, I do have him after the performance yesterday. Tom, Tom Brady, we love. We like him. He's terrific, Tom, and all those things. <laughs> but he's not coming off his best performance, and it's he's not, not a even buy. that. Man, that dude got 1,000 players around him. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, 
Give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Keyshawn, J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, ESPN2, presented by Progressive Insurance. Bears and Steelers square off tonight on Monday Night Football to old-school franchises with storylines and something on the line, especially for the Steelers. ESPN Bears reporter Jeff Dickerson joins us on the Goodyear Hotline, brought to you by Goodyear, with you for every mile on the road to greatness. Goodyear, more, dri- more driven. Jeff, good morning. Max, great to be with you guys. What's up, Jeff? What's up, Jeff? Jeff, should the should the Chicago Bears or the fan base or whatever kidnap Matt Nagy now that he's returning uh-huh. to the sideline based on the way Justin Fields played last week? Well, Key, if he was kidnapped, there'd be no one in Chicago to pay the ransom. I tell you that much. They just let him kind of sit out there. Um, it's, it's a tough situation for for Matt Nagy and and the Bears really in general. I mean, there's a lot on the line tonight for for the Bears. I mean, they're three and five and they are drifting away here. They got lucky because the Packers lost last night with the whole Aaron Rodgers thing, but they're still four games behind Green Bay entering play tonight. Yeah, Matt Nagy is not a very popular guy in Chicago. The offense just can't get right. And now the defense all of a sudden had this terrible game against San Francisco last week. So you add it up, guys, and it's just a big mess here in Chicago. Jeff, I just want to get your opinion on this one. So when Matt Nagy comes back and he states that David Montgomery is going to come back and be the starter with the way Khalil Herbert has played like, what kind of reaction does that give you right off the bat? You, you know what, Jay? Honestly, David Montgomery is a tremendous player, and he was running the ball really well before he got hurt. I think what the Bears need to be mindful of is that Khalil Herbert has done an exceptional job mm-hmm. uh, in David Montgomery's presence. So it's, it's always more beneficial to have as many great running backs healthy and active as you can, but you also want to make sure that you give Khalil Herbert his due and make sure he's still part of the game plan. I understand what he's thinking. You know, Montgomery should not lose his job because of injury, but it is the NFL, guys. We all know that happens all the time. Um, But that's what the Bears have to do. I mean, I think for them, that's a real benefit going into tonight with Montgomery coming back likely. Um, I think that really is going to help them because they've got to run the ball. They've run the ball exceptionally well, but that still can't make up for the fact that their passing game is so pedestrian. They make these mistakes. You know, Justin Fields has had an okay game, I thought, against San Francisco. Great running the ball. Hasn't had that breakout passing game yet. 
But yeah, I, I think I think really what you want to do is you want to make sure you acknowledge what a great job Khalil Herbert has done because this was a guy that was just supposed to be a special teamer returning kickoffs. And he's averaging, you know, four and a half yards per carry. And he's really kind of carried the load for the Bears since Montgomery's been gone. Jeff, you know, I, I've been a rookie in that city. And when you're trying to win, things get a little bit difficult because the fans are passionate. What, what's the overall, like, feeling around Justin Fields, obviously going through an up-and-down rookie season? I still think there's a lot of optimism. I mean, this guy still has a lot of ability. It hasn't really clicked yet as far as him dominating a game. You know, that 22-yard touchdown run he had that you guys saw in Center last weekend against San Francisco was really tremendous, and that kind of gave you an idea of, of what this guy can do outside the pocket. But running the ball is one thing. You know, everyone knew he could run the ball. You know, can he have the 300-yard passing game, 350-yard passing game? And the Bears have been so woefully short of that. Um, that hasn't happened yet. But I, I think if anyone in Chicago has given up on Justin Fields, they're not paying attention. Uh, I think there's still so much for, for the Bears to work with. There's so much, you know, ability there. So I think the city is still okay with Justin Fields. I think they like to see him play better. But as far as what they predict for his future greatness, I don't think that's changed very much. Jeff, what is the what do you get the sense the timetable is? Because once upon a time, rookie quarterbacks didn't play. And second-year quarterbacks who were play, starting for the first time were not expected to be good, right? So uh, not having that 350-yard passing game, when do you get the sense that the Bears' brain trust, for what it's worth, feels like that will eventually happen for Justin Fields? Yeah, Max, as soon as possible. They need it. They really do. And, yeah, now, now you're seeing why the Bears had you know, the, the mindset that they wanted to bring him along slowly. He's clearly a, a young quarterback. He's a rookie quarterback that makes – first-year mistakes, which is completely understandable. But I think that timetable has been accelerated. I think really, I mean, the Bears want to win. They need to win for Matt Nagy's sake. They need to win for Ryan Pace's sake. Um, And they need to have Justin Fields really show the front office that he's making these developments and he's making these strides. So maybe in their mind they can save some jobs this offseason. So I think that timetable has been pushed way up. And I think really for Justin Fields and the Bears, it really needs to happen sooner rather than later. Jeff Dickerson, ESPN Bears reporter, joining us this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Let's move to the game tonight. Games on ESPN, Monday Night Football, Bears travel to Pittsburgh. What do they need to do to get that W so they can start trying to save jobs? Oh, play better defense, Key. I mean, that defense against the Niners, I don't know what happened to them in the second half. They completely fell apart. Now, Khalil Mack is out tonight. Um, Eddie Jackson is doubtful, has not practiced all week, so my guess is he's not going to play. They need guys like Hakeem Hicks, who's been battling a groin injury, to really step up. Robert Quinn, who came back off the COVID list last week, he needs to have a big game without Khalil Mack being on the other side. And their secondary's got to force some takeaways. Jalen Johnson's got to play better. Deshaun Gibson's got to make something happen there at the other safety spot. I think that was what the surprising part of last week was. It's not that the offense still kind of struggled a little bit to score points. Is that the defense allowed San Francisco to score over 30. And that was a Niners team guy, this guy that had lost four games in a row coming into that game last weekend. So uh, the Bears got to get back to basics. They got to run the ball, play great defense, not turn the ball over. And if they do that tonight, I think they got a shot against an okay Steelers team. Jeff Dickerson, ladies and gentlemen, ESPN Bears reporter. You can follow him at Dickerson ESPN. Thanks for jumping on with us this morning, Jeff. Thank you, guys. Enjoy the game tonight. Thanks, Jeff. All right, guys, so you know how I've been looking at the Steelers all year is I just look at the schedule and think Tomlin's going to have at least nine wins this year. What, what are they now? 
Uh, what are the Steelers right now? They, they are five, four and three. Four, four and three. three. So they'll be so, five and three. Right. So I'm always looking like, okay, where are these wins going to come from? Here's one. If you just, I just feel like here's a win for them. That's a damn shame that they're going to be ready to win the game again and Mike Tomlin's going to be put in this position. We're not going to get him at SC. Damn! <laughs> <laughs> you know what, Key? I think you should ask Tomlin next time you see him. Like, would he take that job? See what happens. <laughs> it's a nice, it's a good job. It's a good college job. Uh, why a bad loss yesterday isn't that big of a deal. That's next on Keyshawn, J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again. By visiting electricebikes.com. That's L E C T R I C ebikes.com.